Blog Talk Radio. Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Yeah, well, we we around here at the catch uh, are audacious enough to uh, think that we can make it better. And, uh, but we can't, we don't do that ourselves. Uh, However, (laughs) we do do it ourselves, but only with the power of uh, the Holy spirit working through us. That's the way the world changes. It doesn't, it does. It's not our good works. It's not our, you know, uh, great, great efforts and uh, accomplishments. No, it's it's uh, it's actually the yielded yieldedness uh, of a person to the Holy Spirit, and and then then there is the showing up, and that's what's really important. We got to show up and. Uh, trust that the Lord is going to work through us. And, uh, and that, that's the way it happens. And uh, the more we do that, uh, the more you learn, the more bold you get, and uh, the more opportunities, I believe, God gives you. So here we are um, trying to make, <laughs> the world is trying to get it together uh, and, uh, and 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 so are we. And so we welcome you to another episode of Blog Talk Radio, where we talk about this kind of thing. We talk on Blog Talk Radio. We like to talk about uh, the real world that we live in, and how our faith uh, meets up with our culture, and what's really happening uh, around us. And uh, so, pretty excited. Uh, this evening, I'm excited to have a, a, a very good old friend and a very good friend of the catch. He's actually one of our staff members, um, our, none other than our associate pastor, Wayne Bridegroom. Wayne, welcome back to Blog Talk Radio. Hey, hey John. Good to be with you. I think we'll have a good time talking about Jesus tonight. <laughs> amen. Amen. I want to thank you especially for being willing to do this. Uh, he, he happens, folks, he happens to be on vacation and I caught him in the middle of a, of a, a weak moment where he, he decided, <laughs> he decided to say yes to me. Um, it's uh, after, after we talked to Wayne, I w- it was interesting because I was recalling it earlier today. I, I wrote the catch today and I don't know if you've had a chance to read it, but um, the catch today was about uh, opens with uh, what happened when I arrived at Fisher Hall as a senior for the first day. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I, I read the first sentence that was involved with grandkids at the time. So said I said to myself, okay, I'll finish this tonight. 
Yeah, yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, so all I caught was Fisher Hall. Yeah. Well, you will, you will, and I, 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 I laid a whole thing out about what it was like um, showing up there for my senior year. Wayne was was uh, well. The way they configure your do- the, our dorm room there, they've got uh, two two small bedrooms uh, connected with a bath, and uh, um, mm-hmm. so there's two guys on one side and two guys on the other. And uh, my my friend Dick Murphy uh, and myself were on our side, and Wayne was on the other side. So he's kind of like a roommate. Um, I call him my roommate, and we definitely spent a lot of time together uh, that senior year. And uh, uh, you, uh, if you haven't read The Catch, I encourage you to, to read it today. It will be very, uh, I think, enjoyable. It might bring back some old memories. I I talk about my, my friend, Dick Murphy, had a Kenmore. Do you remember the Kenmore turntable? Uh Amplifier and speakers. There were everybody seemed to have one of those, you know, except me. I didn't have one, but my roommate had one, and uh, he was an audiophile. I mean, he took it. He was impeccable. If you remember, Wayne uh, Dick just kept everything perfect, and uh, you know, <laughs> well, that's why he became a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, and. Uh, uh, but what I talked about in the catch was that the first thing we put on that turntable was uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary's new album, Late Again, and uh, we mm-hmm. had to hear we had to hear the song "Hymn," in which Paul Noel Paul Stuckey uh, talked about um, coming to know Christ. Although it was a rather distant way of doing it but but it was very careful and he did it you know walking into a liberal church where they were still saying that you know you're lucky if you find god because by the way he's dead you know and uh and yet <laughs> when the when the offering plate came by noel uh, says so beautifully in the song I, I i don't have time i only had time to write a note and all it said was i believe in you a beautiful, beautiful song, beautiful song, and in the midst of of a very liberal, dead church situation, uh, uh, Noel planted his first statements of faith. You know, I believe in you. I believe he says it three or four times in the in the lyric. It's a beautiful song. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, we're we're talking about songs this week uh, by some of our first uh, Christian. Uh, contemporary Jesus people artists, people like Randy Stonehill, uh, Glenn Kaiser, uh, Nancy Honeytree, um, myself, Noel. And so uh, you'll want to read the catch this week. It's going to be really a lot of fun. And uh, this should be fun, too, because uh, uh, Wayne and I uh, are going to talk about an interesting topic. It's not new. As a matter of fact, it comes, uh, at least the way we're going to introduce it to you, uh, from one of uh, the chapters in C.S. Lewis's very famous screw tape letters. And you remember the story of screw tape. Uh, screw tape is a, uh, a, a demon 
uh, in demon mm-hmm. school, trying to trying to learn <laughs> how to mess up Christians and uh, how to how to confuse their faith. And and so he writes these and he gets these letters from Worm, Wormwood, who is his elder, his uh, elder demon, who is telling him how to do it. And uh, this particular chapter is entitled Christianity and. Uh, and it's a it's a very very insightful idea and what 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 the uh, you know what the sergeant <laughs> um, the demon is is, is telling uh, I forget his name Screw Tape is telling Screw Tape um, listen we've 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 got to do something with the subject see the subject here is is of course a believer. And, and they're trying to get him off the off the rails. And so they're saying with their subject is he's too he's too enthusiastic. He's too committed to Christ. He's he's too into being a Christian. So the way we can ex- distract him is by getting him into Christianity and. And I think you can see where this is going. So many times. Mm-hmm. We're Christians, we have faith, we have a biblical understanding of Jesus, committed to him, the life of the Holy Spirit in us, all of that. Yes, of course. But um, but Christianity has a way of getting mixed up in other things, too. And sometimes those other things become so important they crowd out the real point of the faith christianity mm-hmm. and politics christianity and abortion christianity and uh homosexuality christianity and music uh, uh what's right and what's wrong uh Christian, I think you see what I'm talking about here, where we can get way off track. And uh, it's, uh, I want to just tell a quick little story before uh, before Wayne jumps in. But um, I, I was having a conversation with Marty and, and another friend last night on the phone, and she was the one who came up with this. Uh, screw tape illustration Christianity and and it, it immediately uh, interested me because that very day I had read a tweet um, from uh, uh, Rick Warren and some of you know I worked at Saddleback for about a year and a half uh, I was the senior writer for PurposeDrivenLife.com for the website and uh, so I I I spent some spent a little bit of time. He was very busy, but I did spend some time with Rick Warren and have a great deal of respect for him. Uh, uh, there, you know, of of all the megachurch, and you have to call it a megachurch because I think there there are mm-hmm. over twenty thousand people that go to Saddleback, uh, and uh, uh, yet of all those churches. Uh, I think, and the, and the pastors of it, you you look, you begin to look at the list, and you see how many of those pastors, after maybe 
four, five, six, seven, maybe more years, they tube it big time. They go down. And uh, a lot of times it's a moral issue. Who knows what? But I think the big, the, the, the bigness gets to you. You begin to think that you're, you are uh, above the law. You're, you're above the things that, that trip up other people and you think that you're pretty good. And uh, that's the thing I admired about Rick. He, he, he maintained a sense of humility and, uh, and reality. You know, he struggled. He would tell us he was struggling. And uh, uh, so I, I respected him a lot for that. But, and, and, but recently, um, some of you might know that uh, Rick has come out uh, to be very strong towards women in the church and women teaching in the church and preaching in the church and, and women actually being able to be pastors in the church. Now, that's a huge step because he is a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. And in the Southern Baptist Convention, women do not uh, carry any sense of uh, preaching or authority over men. It just doesn't happen. And uh, there, you know, uh, I don't want to get too much into this issue, uh, but there, there are a couple verses that talk about this in the scriptures, but they are also, you know, I'm not sure they're, you know, big enough, important enough passages to build an entire uh, thesis on about women in the church on one or two verses that say that women should be quiet or, you know, long hair is a disgrace or uh, uncovered head and these kinds of things. These are cultural things. And, uh, but many times those have turned into, well, the and issue, uh, Christianity and women must be in their place, uh, that kind of thing. And, I was reading through some of the comments because there were a lot of people who uh, who are now upset about this. People, uh, and they were very gracious because you know they would say, you know, Rick, you led me to the Lord, or I I came to Christ reading Purpose Driven Life, and I just love you, and and uh, you know, but I can't go with you on this one. And there was one particular letter I read. Uh, I wish I had it in front of me. But um, this person basically said, uh, Rick, I'm really behind you. It's, it's just that it's just that, you know, when you when you march in a Black Lives Matter uh, uh, crusade and 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 we talk about women uh, speaking in the church and and you talk about, uh, uh, you know, uh being kind to to people who've had abortions and and he mentioned about five things and he said as a result of your attitude towards these things and your actions towards these things uh, unfortunately we have to part ways I'm just so sorry but I'm going to have to leave the church and I, I just sat there and I couldn't believe it because every single thing he mentioned was a cultural thing. It, there was nothing 
that he mentioned that was in the Bible that had any sense of of connection to being a disciple of Christ, that had any connection to our salvation, that had anything to do with 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 anything about truly being a Christian. And yet this verse for this person, those things were so important that he had to leave the church. And uh, uh, I, I, I had to write. I, I just wrote back a real quick. Did you? I said, please. Did you notice that every single thing you mentioned here is something cultural? And uh, uh, hey, we can't allow uh, cultural issues to drive us away from believers and from Christ and from our focus and what we're supposed to be. And so there it was, there it was. And I thought, boy, it was Christianity and critical race theory, Christianity and black lives matter, Christianity. And you see what I'm talking about Christianity. And, and then what happens is at what point do the and issues become more important than the Christianity? And obviously this man had crossed that line because the and issues had built up so much for him that he had to leave uh, the church, walk away from believers and walk away from somebody like Rick, who had already made a huge impact on his life. So Wayne, I want to, I want us to spend a little time and I've used almost all of it up myself. That's okay. Yeah, let's talk about this. This is a problem, and maybe what do you think are some of the and issues that are are the most uh, uh, egregious, the ones that stick out the most right now for us Christians, mm-hmm. and and then maybe I think at least let's spend some time before we're done talking about what do we do about this? How do we get out of it? So. There you go. Wayne. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you throw the ball in my court. <laughs> yeah, it's your. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks a lot, John. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the the uh, the the issue of of women in leadership uh, in the church uh, uh, is a big issue right now, uh, simply because Rick Warren is so well known. You know, I yeah. mean. Uh, uh, he, uh, he he gave the uh, uh, I don't know exactly what the right word is, but the opening prayer uh, way back right. when uh, at President Obama's inauguration, and yeah. obviously Obama's a Democrat, and I understand Rick Warren is a Republican, and I just thought you know that was just incredibly it was gracious on both parts you know to ask yeah. and to. Uh, except, uh, but because he's so well known, you, you know that is a uh, uh, it's it's a big issue. The um, I would say um, uh, CRT critical race theory is uh, of course uh, uh, a huge um, um, issue right now. I don't know. We just we just seem to get caught up in all kinds of. Issues that I, I, that are important. It's it's not as if these are unimportant issues, 
you, you know, but we, we certainly need to do the uh, our, our academic homework um, uh, in in each regard. And um, uh, well, you either you either come to a conclusion or 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 you know you just um, say. I don't know. I, I the the older I get, the the older I get, the more I realize uh, there's a whole lot more about God that I don't know than what I thought I did when I was a lot younger. You know, right out of <laughs> yeah. seminary, you, you come thinking you know virtually everything, and but you know, after forty, fifty years of pastoring, you go, oh right. man, I've got such a long, long uh, way to go, but. For, for something that has helped me, John, is, I mean, you, you, you know that my church was on the wrong side of the tracks, and so the whole issue of racial justice, uh, comprehensive uh-huh. immigration reform, things like that were, were just yeah. huge in our neighborhood. And um, I couldn't even tell you who the uh, author uh, was now. I just, I left the book there in the library for our our Hmong church to uh, use if they wanted to. But the idea was uh, about the uh, trajectory of scripture. Um, I, I, um, I was reading, I was reading that book at about the same time that I was reading uh, Mark Knowles uh, book, um, America's God. Let me see. I think the subtitle was something like, um, um, from the um, Jonathan Edwards to the Civil War, so, something to that effect, and um, um, the 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 interesting conclusion that that Noel uh, came to uh, was that uh, uh, yeah the the North won the Civil War in terms of militarily, uh, but the South won the Civil War in terms of the uh, mentality. Um, and the, the hmm. debates before uh, uh, before the war started, um, at least according to Noel, and I mean, I Mark is probably the premier evangelical historian alive today. Okay, um, uh, according to uh, according to him, um, the um, those that were insisting that slavery was an institution blessed and ordained of God, uh, won that debate. And, um, um, and, the, the, and the reason they won the debate gets back to what I think you were saying earlier, and that is that they were pointing to specific scripture rather than the, 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 the direction, the trajectory of scripture. They were going back to, well, Abraham had slaves, so, you know, what's wrong with having slaves? And, well, and then, you you know, you get to the Apostle Paul, and, and, and he doesn't say, uh, you know, we have to fight against slavery. He tells, uh, you know, slaves to submit, da-da-da-da-da. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, um, but the uh, uh, the trajectory of, of, of Scripture there is, it's got to include two things. Number one, the kind of slavery you're talking about, whether it's Old or New Testament, is something totally different than the mm. type of slavery we had in uh, uh, the American South. Just 
a sure. totally different breed of cat, okay? Mm-hmm. The other thing is is um, the Apostle Paul had the audacity to tell slave owners, uh, you, you know, uh, you remember you're to live your life in submission to God the Father. Yes. And, 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 and you know, how does he treat you? This should be instructive in terms of how you treat your slaves. Hmm. Now, in, in our day and age, that doesn't mean much. But, it, but if you were alive 2,000 years ago, that was a big deal. I mean, Paul was daring to challenge the system by saying that. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. he was daring to challenge the system by saying, husband, love, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Because, <laughs> come on, there's no polite way to say it. Women were simply a piece of property. Uh, there were some exceptions, I will grant you, but basically were a piece of property back then. And, and um, um, so the, the, and then by the time you get to Philemon, so I'm just, I mean, I, maybe there are some, but I am not aware of, of uh, any uh, theologians out there today that uh, say, oh, yeah, slavery is just fine. We need to go back to that system. I, I mean, uh-huh. I, I'm yeah. not aware of any. And, and so um, the, the scripture doesn't tell us, okay, slave owners, you've got to get rid of all your slaves. Okay, but but even if you go back to American history, the uh, uh, um, um, the Quakers. I'm not sure if there were any other groups, but I know that the Quakers were so they had come to the point of understanding the trajectory of Scripture that they were absolutely adamant that if you are going to be a, a, a God-fearing member of our church you need to free your slaves and you need to make things right with them. Mm. Um, so anyway, just this, um, this whole bit of <clears throat> the trajectory of, of scripture has, has been helpful to me. Uh, another thing is, um, and I just steal this from, from Mark Knoll is that, um, um, among the most powerful arguments against slavery by northern pastors, uh, and I cannot remember their names, but it was two African-American pastors. I think they were both from Ohio, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure of that. But basically what they said is, how in the world do you square slavery with the Sermon on the Mount? Mm. What, 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 yeah. it, it, uh, didn't Jesus say, "Love your neighbor as yourself"? We're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and our neighbor as ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 the, the 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 American system of of slavery was just so antithetical to that that it it, it, it it's a system that that simply has to go. Well, of course, they were black, so you know. They weren't listened to at all, but um, uh, it just—I I thought that was a very, very uh, powerful argument, and I—and I continue to think, I continue to think um, that you know that that applies today. It's—it's. It's, um, 
you know, just the the whole bit of of uh, as as Jesus said, uh, basically, you know, you treat others as you would want to be treated, and mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I think that applies to racial issues. It applies to gender issues. It applies to all issues, and mm-hmm. um, and and sometimes when our culture, as you were referring to earlier, uh, leans heavily in one particular direction or another, we just, we get caught up in finding verses, you know, that will defend our, our position. And I, I'm just, I'm just speaking for me now. And, and I'm sure there are some who are, are listening who will, uh, will disagree. Um, I, let me see, I retired four years ago. I'm guessing mm-hmm. about 10 years ago, maybe eight years ago, I, uh, I basically a sermon of, of apology to the ladies in the church mm-hmm. and, and then explained uh, scripturally why I had changed my mind in terms of the role of women in the church and, and, and uh-huh. women, uh, you know, serving uh, in leadership positions and, <clears throat> and so on. Um, I had three families get up and walk out of the church. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. But um, um, mm-hmm. the the, um, the the point the, the, for, for me it it was how do I want to say this right? Uh, for me it wasn't a matter of oh I am absolutely one hundred percent convinced of this. For me it was a preponderance of the evidence because. You know, there are those verses, you know, that you referred to earlier, um, and, and and they have to be dealt with, you know, but the other side of the coin is what kind of a radical was Jesus because he had not just men who followed him, he had women who followed him, right. and mm-hmm. the, f- the first one in terms of the resurrection was Mary Magdalene, yeah. and right. and. And then his his in the book of Acts, as Luke records it, you have um, oh John, my mind went blank. Uh, that um, married couple. Um, oh, Ananias. As, 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 no, no, no. no. Um, they, they 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 were leaders in the church, and you had uh, his name first, followed by her name. That was the culturally uh-huh. appropriate way to label it. Yeah, but then yeah. a couple chapters later, uh, uh, when Paul is writing about that church, he reverses the names, uh-huh. which in that culture uh-huh. meant that she was literally the leader of the church, and <laughs> and, and then you have um, um, again my mind is blank. Paul is sending um, uh, uh, the scriptures translated often deaconess from Saint Tria. Uh-huh which basically, you know, is a suburb of Corinth with his letter to the church at Rome. And so, mm-hmm. you, you know, I mean, it's in that day and age, it's not as if, you know, uh, she would just go there and say, here, this is from Paul. I mean, come on, man, who's going to understand that? Mm. You, you know, we've been struggling in a good way, of course. We've been mm-hmm. struggling for 2,000 years to grasp everything that, the Apostle Paul said in, in, you know, the letter to the Romans. 
So, I mean, at least for me, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, that she was the one that was, you know, talking to the leaders of all the different house churches that were in Rome. This is this is what Paul means, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And so anyway, I just, I came to the point where I felt, you know, the preponderance of the evidence uh, leans in that direction. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, did you meet um, at our, our 50th class reunion four years ago? Uh, uh, did you get to spend any time with um, um, Phil? Phil, Phil who? Uh, 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 J- uh, um, John oh, no. Phil, uh, doc, Dr. J. Barton Payne. Yeah, 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 just briefly. Yeah, I spoke with him a, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, he, had, he had written... A um, yeah, pain. Uh, he right. had written a okay, I remember now. Page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and I don't remember who the publisher was. It was Baker Erdman's, or it was it was an evangelical mm-hmm. publisher. And I I was aware of it ahead of time because there's some kind of a familial uh, uh, relationship uh, between the pains and Steve Hanna who uh, uh, is a little bit older than me, but at that time was still the, the uh, pastor at Trinity Presbyterian Church in uh-huh. Modesto. Oh, and, okay. And, yeah, and anyway, Trinity Press and Central Baptist were working together. They, they, adopt, they were a much larger, much more well-to-do church than we were, and they adopted us as a sister church. We did VBS together, all kinds of stuff uh, together. Anyway, Steve said... Here, Wayne. Here's here's an eight-page summary of Phil Payne's book, and um, I read that, and it's like, oh, wow, this makes sense. And um, and and then and then when we were at at Wheaton, uh, Phil was sitting at the same table that Beth and I were, and he started. He got out his um, uh, laptop, and he started showing Beth, you know, all this. Greek stuff, and of course she hasn't <laughs> had any Greek, so so she said, "Wayne, come here," <laughs> well, and 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 it, you know, that didn't do me any good because the the Greek that I learned had been, you, you know, there was punctuation, there was a capital uh, letter at the beginning of a sentence, and and then the the rest was in small type as we do it in English, okay, mm-hmm. but. In the original Greek, it, w- it was all capital letters. There were no commas. There were no periods. Nothing like that. And that's mm. not that's not the way I learned Greek. I, you know, so Phil is he's he's showing all this stuff to me, and I'm just going, you know, and and he had he I I don't remember exactly which ones, but but it was something like he 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 had the text of 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 Sinaiticus uh, or Alexandrinus, you know, some of those ancient uh, yeah. uh, uh, texts, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and he said, look, Wayne, and I forget, I can't even remember the passage now. He said, look at what the scribe did to this, you know, one version was around the, the, the 300s, the other was around the 400s. And he said, look at how the scribe changed this. You can wow. see how it's changed, 
and basically what it does is is it's changed in a patriarchal way. And I went, oh, mm. okay. Well, it just it just kind of reinforced the decision that I had made, if you know, a a, a few years earlier. So anyway, yeah. When, when we get, I get bothered like you do when people get so definite about yeah some of these issues. It just that there is. You know, yeah. I don't, well, like I said earlier, when I was young, life was white and uh, was was black and white. And, uh-huh. But now that I'm older, life is a whole lot more nuanced, and mm-hmm. and and God is perfectly fine, perfectly powerful, living in a nuanced world, and and <laughs> I trust Him to do so. And so, you know, when I, don't, I just get bothered when people come up with definitive. Yeah, answers about yeah. this, that, or the other thing, and well, I yeah, mean, that's the way, that's the way we want to have it. We want we want to have it black and white, and uh, we want everything to be categorized properly. And uh, uh, it, it just it doesn't work that way. And plus, yeah, well, we, we're growing. We're in process. You know. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, when we were in college, John, it was, uh, uh, remember the pledge we had to sign at Wheaton? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no oh, drinking, sure. smoking, chewing, blah, 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 yeah. blah, kind of stuff. And, and uh, um, I, I, don't, I don't remember exactly how I became aware of it, but it was like, well, if you're a real Christian in the United States, you do not drink alcohol. And yet somehow I became aware of the fact that real Christians in France, they did mm-hmm. drink alcohol. Well, <laughs> well how, how, you know, how do you, any, anyway, it just so, um, I, I just see great value in, in exploring the world and, and yeah. in understanding yeah. where other Christian traditions uh, come from. And anyway, yeah. Right. Yeah, then, then there's the whole CRT thing, but oh, <laughs> I could go on and on and on and on and on well, about, but, about but, you know all of these issues. things. All of these things, Wayne, are what we you know we started talking about Christianity and and I think all of these things are are, are what happens when other things become more important than Christ than the mm-hmm. gospel. Than what what really mm-hmm. unifies us and keeps us together. Uh, how do you, uh, we're, we're really? Oh God, we're almost out of time. So real quick, um, uh, you know, how do we get back to that? How do we get back to the simple truth of the gospel and get rid of these ands? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you want an answer for me? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I I honestly don't know that I have an answer to that, John. Except, I mean, you, you just you, you, I think you certainly hit the nail on the head, and and that is, Jesus always always has to be our central focal point. I mm-hmm. it's it's as clear as that. I mean, if if he was not incarnated into a human body. If if he did not exhibit the life uh, in the kingdom of God 
throughout his ministry if he was not um, crucified, buried, raised from the dead, and ascended, well, then let's just close all the doors to all the churches because we have nothing whatsoever to say because it all revolves around Jesus. It all mm-hmm. revolves around Jesus. And we mm-hmm. just we, we have to keep that as the focus, and mm-hmm. we have to um, um, agree uh, uh, I want to say agree to dis- to disagree, but I mean something deeper than that. There, there, we, we've we've got, you know what we have to do. We have to, among other things, we have to take time to get to know other people from other Christian traditions and find out that, wow, good night. They love Jesus just as much as I do. And, well, you know, they're Calvinist, I'm Armenian, they're this, I'm that, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, I mean, since here's this weirdo thing, as a, you know, when I was in seminary and uh, at uh, Wrigley Heights Baptist Church in Long Beach, it happened to be a conservative Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Central Baptist that Beth belonged to up in Modesto, Happened to be a conservative Baptist church. I mean, we didn't know, we didn't know that or, or pick that at all. It just that's just where we were. And um, so I was in that movement for forty-eight years. Yeah. And um, anyway, now you know, now we're going to First Methodist Church in, in downtown uh, Modesto. Uh, and yeah. and uh, 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 Deborah Brady is the pastor. And um, talk about, boy, yeah. talk about a, a, a preacher that has some uh, in, incredible uh, depth and, uh, mm. and then just the Wesleyan tradition, you know, being different than the Baptist tradition. And then my seminary training, of course, would tell me that Methodists don't know the Bible. You know, well, they're, they're, they're one of those mainline churches you know, do they even know who Jesus is? And it's like, oh, baby, these people know, they know, they know Jesus. But, you know, according to my seminary training, anyway, I'm just hoping that seminaries aren't grinding acts yeah. like they used to when, when well, I was trained. Yeah. And so, yeah, so just getting to know people from different traditions and realizing that, yeah, the, yeah. the, the traditions have, have differences you know, yeah. but uh, uh, but my goodness, these people are—they're focused—they're every bit as focused on Jesus as I am. Yeah, yeah, and that's the way you can keep the perspective going if you just keep it on Christianity. And when you think about the and, think that you could put anything there, but it won't balance it out. There's no balance between. Jesus and something else. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just Jesus and the truth, and that's yeah. that's what we've got to get back to, and that's what we've got to love each other for, um, because we are going to have to agree to disagree because because we all think differently, and uh, yeah, uh, but there is not one uh, way of thinking about all these things other than 
other than what Christ has done on the cross. And uh, boy, yeah. they're going to cut. They're going to cut us off, Wayne, uh, any minute here. So I'm just going to say thank you so much for uh, giving me uh, some time on your vacation, and uh, we hope we we uh, help you uh, listen, helped our listeners get a grasp a little bit more on what it means to be a Christian. It's Christianity. And nothing. That's what we. <laughs> hey, baby, it's all about Jesus. <laughs> it's all about yeah, Jesus. Yeah. That's right. Okay, I'm, okay, I'm going to go play with my grandkids. <laughs> there you go. That's what you should do. All right. Thank you. Okay. Right. Thank Take you. Take care, my friend. Bye, John. Yeah. All right. Bye, bye. Bye, John. Well, until next time. Bye, bye. Here we go. Uh, okay. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio. Well, I hope hope you enjoyed today. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. It, it, it gets kind of messy, doesn't it, folks? But it's not messy if you just keep it on Christ. God bless you. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>